Here is our famous passage in the gospel this morning, the famous passage of Jesus getting angry. We don't see him exhibit this emotion. I can't think of any other time in the scriptures that it is so obvious, his fury. The exclamation marks are evident as they're printed in the gospel reading that we had. But what is it that makes Jesus so angry? We ask this question as we wrestle with our own sense of frustration from time to time. Annoyance, maybe on the small scale, frustration increasing and anger at its highest. What is it that makes Jesus so angry? And how does that inform our own sense of anger in this world? Right here at the beginning of John's Gospel, Jesus enters the temple and overturns the tables of the money changers. This is different than in the synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where it's near the end of his ministry. Scholars debate on what's the right timing of the telling of this story. But the point that we see here in John's Gospel is that Jesus has come to challenge the authorities, the institutions that rest over humanity and dictate how it is that people operate in the world. Jesus is coming to challenge the institution, the religious institution of his day. And those things that have taken root and have become automated and have sought even accidentally to misdirect people in their faithfulness. You see, we have a temptation from time to time to substitute our ritual for devotion. We are tempted to substitute ritual for devotion. Ritual is a beautiful thing in that it can open for us a life of devotion. The keeping of the law was a ritual meant to invite people into a life of devoted faith. We also have things that we do, rituals that we engage in, that are meant to break open the Spirit of God to open to us our life of devotion. Sometimes, though, these are so powerful that they take on a life of their own, and the ritual becomes substituted for a life of devotion. This is what Jesus is challenging in the temple. This ritual of preparing for worship, where it is that people would get ready to enter the holiest of holies and to offer the best that they could for God. Instead, the ritual became a substitute for devotion. It took on a life of its own. I'm remembering a time when I was in the Holy Land and how it was that I was struck by the ability for ritual and devotion to collapse upon one another, even ritual replacing devotion. It happened when I was in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is a building over buildings over buildings. How is it that you can build something to reflect the glory of God? People have been trying for a long time to build something to reflect the glory of God. And in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is the stone on which it's believed that Jesus was laid to rest. And over that has been a little church built. And over that little church, a bigger church. 
So people come and line up to enter into this little church that's inside this bigger church to go into the spot where the tomb is, the slab where it's believed that Jesus was laid to rest. If you go at certain times of the day, you'll see the line snaking around and ropes there to divide people so as to move folks through. And you can only go in single file into this little church and go in two or three rooms all the way into the place where it's believed that Jesus was laid to rest. So there is a particular priest who oversees this during the day to keep the line moving. Because as you can imagine, any person who is a follower of Jesus would find it to be a moving experience to engage that spot in which Jesus was laid to rest. We came a little early to this spot, so the line hadn't yet snaked around. And as we made our way to the front of the line, some group of pilgrims from another land kind of pushed their way into our spot. Now you know, us Americans, we have great respect for a line. We know how to line up. (laughs) And we know when people are jumping the line. And don't you know that I had this feeling of, hey, the line's back there. I didn't know the language that they spoke. And I thought, this is not how to enter the spot where Jesus was laid to rest in an argument with people of a different tongue about where the line starts. So I took a breath and tried to just merge so as not to lose my spot too far in the back. And indeed, then we were ushered in a few at a time. And I went in with an assortment of people, not my own group. Two or three of us were in there. And I thought, okay, here I am. This is the spot. This is the spot where Jesus was laid to rest, where he was put in the tomb. This is it. Pay attention, Whitney. This is it. And the woman beside me was trying to do her own sense of devotion as well. So it was a surprise to me when she took her backpack out, unzipped it, and dumped all of its contents on the tomb, on that slab where Jesus was laid. She was rubbing her things on this stone, including a plastic water bottle. And I was struck. I thought, what is it we want from this spot? What is it we think we'll get from this spot? Have we replaced ritual for devotion. She and I both believe in the risen Christ. She and I both have had our lives changed. But what is it we're expecting from this place? I got up before she had managed to put the rest of her contents in her backpack again. And as I was going out, the priest was coming in in the universal language of get out, your turn's over, next group's coming in. I don't know what he said, but we all knew what he said. How is it that we replace devotion with ritual? It's a slippery slope for each and every one of us. There's no way that we can avoid it. Because when a ritual is powerful, it breaks open for us the immensity of God. And sometimes we can be so moved by that that we cling to the ritual as the means to make it real. Jesus came challenging the religious institution. And he challenges us now because we are a part of a religious institution. We have ritual that has broken up open for us a life of devotion. And we are challenged to hold loosely to that ritual 
so that the devotion might be made known and new again and again and again. There's great power in institutionalization. When something becomes institutionalized, it gains a level of power. It's inherent. And we then are susceptible to abuse and misuse of that very power. So that is why in the season of Lent we can say, if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Because we do cling to things of this world that distort and abuse the good news of God and Christ. Sometimes because it's been the very thing that made it known to us in the first place. We indeed are challenged because it is at times we substitute ritual for devotion. I want to put a little plug in here for next Sunday's forums that will happen after worship, after both this service and the later service. This, the forum will be about natural church development and the work that we're doing together as the church. This is something that the vestry is working in and with, and we want to share it with the larger congregation. What is made evident in this good tool of the natural church development is that there are things of the institution that are inherent to our life as the church. St. Stephen's has a building. We have a tax ID number. We are a nonprofit organization. We have staff. We have things that we have to maintain that are part of the institution. It cannot be denied. But St. Stephen's is also the body of Christ. And it only exists because we show up to make it exist. We are St. Stephen's Church. We are the ones that have the ears to hear, the eyes to see. We are the ones that have been given the power of the Holy Spirit to discern what it is God would have us to do together as the church. Both things exist, and they exist in a holy tension. And as we seek to be faithful, we bring it all to God in Christ and say, help us with this. Help us to not be tempted to allow the institution to take on a power that can be abused or misused. Open our hearts to a life of devotion, a collective life of devotion as the people of St. Stephen's. This is the challenge that Christ brings to us and also the good news that Christ brings to us, that a life of faith is bigger than the very things that we touch, even though the things that we touch open for us the life of faith. So we're challenged by today's gospel to look at ourselves and to ask God to help us look at ourselves. Where is it that ritual has been substituted for devotion? Where is it perhaps even that we have dismissed ritual because we'd so desired devotion? Sometimes God is calling us into a life of ritual so that devotion might be a part of our lives. This is our holy dialogue during this season of Lent. Because Christ comes to us as our servant, comes to us to make known that the power is an unarmed truth, that salvation is an unconditional love. These are things we will not know in an institution. They're only known through our relationship with Jesus. And he comes wanting to be in relationship with us, to make known to us all the goodness he has to offer us. Amen. Amen.